Welcome to the First Impressions Podcast, the official podcast of the Forum of Incident Response and Security Teams. Every month, Chris John Riley and myself, Martin McKay, share informal conversations with security professionals from around the globe. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers alone, and any sarcasm you hear is purely intentional. For more information on FIRST or this podcast, please check out FIRST.org. I'm on the call. We're lucky enough to be talking to Taki Uchiyama, uh, Panasonic PCERT and Program Chair for the upcoming FIRST Conference. Welcome to the call again, Taki. Really great to be speaking to you again about this. Thank you for having me. So um, I'm here with Martin. We're, we're going to be talking a little bit about the first conference, uh, obviously, uh, as it's uh, the call for papers is now open. Um, maybe you can give us a, a quick breakdown for people who aren't aware of where the conference is and what's going on. You know, what's going on with the next conference? The conference will be held in Fukuoka, Japan, which is the southern part of Japan in the Kyushu Island. Um, it's a little bit it's further south uh, than Tokyo, but uh, it's one of the largest cities in Japan and should be a very good time. It's going to be very warm there that time of year, isn't it? I mean, we're in early June, and uh, yeah, I seem to remember Japan being very warm in June, at least when we are in Kyoto. Uh, yes, it should be. I just hope it's not rain season yet. If it is, we'll have a lot of rain. It'll be humid, but if not, it'll still be, it'll still be humid, just not rainy. I live in Florida. It won't be that big of a difference. <laughs> Less crocodiles, I imagine, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> so uh, the the tagline for this year's conference, um, Bridging Security Response Gaps, maybe you can tell us a little bit about kind of what you mean by that um, and kind of what kind of things uh, we're hoping to be talking about at the conference and, and really highlighting. There's a couple of reasons why I selected this theme. It's just response gaps means a lot, uh, probably means uh, different things to different people. Uh, one of the things that I had, or a few things that I had in mind were just bridging gaps between people from, you know, just coming off of COVID and isolation was one of the, one of the large things that came to mind. Another one is just trying to bridge gaps between uh, countries, regions, and the various things that we do. I'm more of a vulnerability person and speaking to people that specialize in more traditional incident response we have different takes on what vulnerabilities and how to fix them so that's like another thing so there's all these uh different gaps that we have even within the response community um in talking with each other so i like to see if there's a way to kind of bridge those gaps so to speak at the conference and just kind of be able to better talk to each other about this stuff i mean i i kind of also look at it internally as the gaps between us as security professionals and all of those people that we need to talk to outside of our little corner of the of the industry, there are some huge gaps there. I, I had it's a recent experience where I was trying to explain something to a, a, an accountant and they were trying to explain something to me and I realized I don't even speak the same language even though we speak the same language. <laughs> so it, it, it really highlighted to me some of those gaps in communication. Yep, indeed. So I know the call for papers is open. Um, you know, it, how's the response been so far? I know that traditionally uh, CFP entries come in within the last 15 seconds of the CFP, but uh, how's it looking so far? Uh, so far, it's been good. Uh, it opened on October 30th. Uh, there's been a few trickling in here, there, maybe one or 
between one and three a day over the past couple of weeks, which is uh, very good. Um, I do expect to see a lot over the next week, especially after the uh, the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. I'm expecting most of them to come in as we approach the November 30th deadline. I mean, I guess it's uh, an interesting time as well. I mean, it's, even though COVID is technically over, um, which or not over, depending on who you listen to. Um, but like travel is still not quite the easiest. There's certainly a lot of cutbacks in that area. So um, glad to see that there's a, a lot of feedback and uh, hoping for uh, for a lot of really good talks at the conference. I guess one of the good problems I'd like to have is having to cut good, you know, good submissions and, you know, the challenge in dealing with that. So I'm just hoping for a lot of submissions and seeing what we get. And if, if you're on the fence and you're listening to the podcast, if you don't think that what you have to say is important, you just just take a chance, right? I mean, it's there's a lot of people out there I know that have great opinions and a lot of information to share, but they're just a little bit nervous to take that step. And I, I'd recommend just take that step. I mean, first is a great and welcoming community and, and one that, that would embrace new speakers or, or old speakers who want to get back into it. Yeah, I full I fully agree with that. Um, we have a very wide and diverse uh, program committee that's very welcoming to new people, and that's one of the things that we one of the things that I struggled and then kind of came through and sort of you know be able to get a wide range of people that you know that have expertise in a wide range of topics. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, get all those people uh, to present, or at least you know at least get them in, and then see how it goes. I don't know, Chris, I felt like you were talking to me directly when you talk about people who are old and want to get back into speaking. I'm trying not to take that as offense. Uh, the old part, yes. The getting back into speaking, no, no. It's so good. What, you, you don't want that? No one needs that. Uh, Taki, let's, let's talk about what, what it means to be a program chair. I mean, you kind of hinted at it with the CFP, but and with, with a little bit about talking about the... Um, tagline but what other sorts of things are you doing as being program chair it's got to be a lot of work uh so far it's i mean it, it is a lot of work but believe me when i say this you know the infrastructure team the program committee itself the members have been very extremely helpful in making my job easier so right now we're we're going to this uh, call for papers um we're currently um looking at prospective keynote speakers for the conference so We'll hopefully have information on that, hopefully sooner rather than later, but we're going through that process as we speak. Always an exciting time, right? When you're, you're, you're trying to get the keynote speakers that can really send the right message and, uh, and really bring the community together. Yeah, and just crossing my fingers that they're actually available during, during that week. Yeah, it's true. Our scheduling is always fun for something like that. You, you, you say that, but um, I, I have a, an ex-boss of mine who once a year visits Zurich, and without fail for the last eight years, it has been the week of the first conference, every single time. So I haven't, I haven't seen him face-to-face -face in about eight years. So, yeah, scheduling is hard. Yes. At this point, I think he's doing it on purpose to avoid me. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I mean, nobody would blame him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, I know that uh, you know, CFP is still open. Um, is there any uh, dates on when the schedule is going to be up? Is this just going to be late towards the end of the year and it depends very much on, on how much there is to review? Uh, yeah, the schedule should be out probably closer to January. I don't I don't anticipate it in December. We'll 
we'll be doing most of the reviews in December. So the schedule, or at least the, according to schedule, uh, the initial acceptances will go out in February. So any schedules will probably be late February is probably when the first schedule will go out. Great, but I'm sure it's going to be great. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that need to get organized, including the SIGs and various other groups that need to get together as well. So it's uh, it's still a lot of work to do. Yes, indeed. And if I recall correctly, the SIG the SIG meetings were skipped, or the, at least the SIG reporting was done a little bit differently uh, this year in Montreal. So we hope to continue to do something like that as well. Uh, yeah, so um, you know, shifting shifting talk, topics a little bit, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Fukuoka, who, which I'm probably pronouncing terribly. I can um, pronounce it better than that. Fukuoka. Fukuoka. <laughs> which is probably still it. horrible. <laughs> I'll get it by next year. Fukuoka. Um, yeah, I, I know that you're you're not from the region, um, or you, you, you've you've recently moved, but uh, you're a little bit far off. But you know, what can uh, people who are attending the conference expect from, from the region? At least from what I know, being local here to Japan, is that they have very good food, very good food, and very good food. Every, everywhere in Japan has very good food. I mean, it's just so much variety. has good, pretty good food in Japan, I mean. True. Fukuoka or Kyushu itself. Kyushu has it's a different. It's a little bit different style. Fukuoka is the city. Kyushu is the island. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Geography is not my strong point. Um, I married into somebody who's talented in that area. So, I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking at it. the the history for Fukuoka. Um, the very first Zen temple of in Japan is there. Um, you've got a couple of the ruins of of ancient castles there. Those are the sorts of things I look at and really want to spend some time exploring while we're in, in town. Yes, yeah. Kyushu itself, or at least southern Kyushu, was one of the, or they, they had a couple of ports where there were a lot of trade, there was a lot of trade going on, even when Japan was in isolation uh, from the 1600s to the late 1800s. Fukuoka has become one of the larger cities since then. The history of Fukuoka itself, I mean, it has a vast history, but as far as what we know of Fukuoka now is a relatively recent, you know, over the last couple, you know, couple hundred years. It sounds like there's a, a lot to, to do around the, the area. It's interesting that uh, Martin is uh, attracted to the, the old ruins. Uh, you had to go there. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let that one slide. It was just too good. It was just too good. But yeah, but... There's also what is the canal shopping district, which has a lot of things, and even has some places for little kids where you could hang out, Chris. I do like to to, to go on like amusement rides and things like that. We digress, we digress, but uh, yeah. So I mean, the the last time uh, first was in Japan was was the Kyoto conference, which is actually where I met Martin. So um, not all good, but uh, certainly <laughs> a reasonable conference. I, I enjoyed it. So it's been. 13 14 years I think that? yeah that sounds yeah. about right that was actually my first that was my first first conference so ah, yeah me too yeah it's uh i mean it, it, i i remember martin as martin mentions it was very hot it was very humid but uh it was an amazing experience kyoto was a wonderful place i've been back since and found the area just you know amazing to to, to see so i'm really interested in what uh, the new area looks like 
there was actually TC held a couple years after that. So we, first has actually been there a couple of times. Well, in Fukuoka, I think you, you hinted at this a little while uh, uh, earlier, is that even when they were in seclusion, Fukuoka still had some trading going on with Korea and with uh, mainland China. Um, and that's actually part of where that, that, that whole Zen um, entry into Japan came in. So as an American, we, we have anim pictures of animes floating in our head and, and um, think about some of those things in weird ways. But when we when I get there and actually get to see these places, I actually love just getting some idea of what what a place like these castles look like originally. Oh, trust me. Uh, full disclosure, I'm in I was born and raised in America too, so I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> I've learned it probably a little bit differently. As, you know, I've been schooled in Japan a little bit, so I had some some different learning experiences. But growing up, I pretty much had the same image you did. So. I know it's early, and, and I know you probably can't share anything, but uh, you know the banquet midweek is always like a big thing. Everyone's you know looking forward to it. I know the last one in, in Kyoto was was amazing. Any hints on, uh, on on what might be going on, or is it too early to say? Oh, honestly, I have no idea yet. So, well, you know, maybe we can maybe we can do this again as we get closer to the conference, and I'll be able to have share some more details than this. Secret information. I like it. We can definitely do that. Yeah, anything? Honestly, I'm not keeping any secret. I I have no idea yet. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I think it's enough of a teaser. Anything from your side, Taki, that we didn't ask that we should uh, tag on? Looking forward to you know all the submissions and having go having to go through this tough process of actually selecting you know who's going to be able to present at the conference. You heard that. So uh, let's let's make Taki's life harder by sending in a lot of those amazing presentations. Uh, so and yours too, Chris. Work. <laughs> and mine too. Yes. <laughs> yep. Looking for you. I'll be looking out for it. <laughs> It'll be the badly written one. Don't worry. <laughs> Never mind, Chris. You do it. We've been talking to Taki Uchiyama, Panasonic PSET, and program chair for the upcoming FIRST conference. So from me, Christian Riley, and from Martin McKay, uh, my sidekick, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Sidekick? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be on. Thank you for listening to the First Impressions Podcast, and thanks to this week's guest. You can find Chris John Riley on Twitter at Chris John Riley, all one word. You can find me, Martin McKay, on Twitter at M-C-K-E-A-Y. And you can find the First Organization at first.org, F-I-R-S-T-D-O-T-O-R-G. You can also find more information about First and the First Impressions Podcast at first.org. Thanks again for listening.